When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. She's got everything she needs. She's an artist. She don't look back. She's got everything she needs. She's an artist. She don't look back. She can take the dark out of the nighttime and paint the daytime black. You will start out standing, proud to steal her anything she sees. You will start out standing, proud to steal her anything she sees. But you will wind up peeking through a keyhole down upon your knees. She never stumbles. She got no place to fall. She never stumbles. She got no place to fall. She's nobody's child. The law can't touch her at all. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host of Freewheeling, Rob Kelly. And joining us this week to talk about She Belongs to Me, a wonderful, beautiful song from side one of 1965's You Bring It All Back Home, is fellow Bob fan Elizabeth Sutton. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. This is great. You uh, you reached out to me on Twitter, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's what it's there for, uh, ideally. And uh, with uh, you started posting a series of uh, like blog posts about specific Dylan songs. And the first one you did was Visions of Johanna. Yeah. And then you did Positively Fourth Street. And you have you have one for this song coming up. Is that what you told me? Yes, definitely. I've been working on this one, but kind of saving it for after we record. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, very <laughs> cool. Well, we'll make sure to retweet that uh, when it comes out, because I, I really like what you've been writing about Thank the you. Dylan songs. I mean, I love when anyone examines the work, obviously coming of it from an appreciation side. You're not looking to like, mm-hmm. you know, be hypercritical, but I also, I like the way you sort of break it down. And the, the Positively Shoot one was was particularly great. I um I related to it maybe a little too much, I would say. But, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably the probably the topic for another episode. So, um, since this is your first time on the show, of course, I have to ask you, like, what's your secret origin with becoming a fan of Bob? Well, um, it was not an easy road for me. I definitely, I guess you could say, I hated Bob Dylan <gasps> for a, probably the majority of my life. I just. <laughs> <laughs> in high school, especially, I just I was hearing a lot about him. A lot of lists were coming out where he topped the best albums, best songs, and I just rolled my eyes every time. Thought he was way, <laughs> way overrated. You know, <laughs> this the stuff I heard. I didn't think I didn't like his voice, and um, you know, some of the stuff I heard I thought was a little too mean, too. Um, just too in your face. And I just, he just really turned me off. Um, and I pretty much kept that going, (laughs) um, until, um, I was 25 when I met my future husband, my now husband, and he told me pretty quickly that his, his, he was the biggest fan of Bob Dylan, that Bob Dylan was, (laughs) so I wasn't really sure what to do with that at First, I so I kind of tried to be a little more open-minded, and he was playing Bob Dylan around me more, um, and I was, you know, letting it in a little bit. And the song that really struck me first was "Positively Fourth Street," just because it was so vicious, and I loved it. <laughs> I just it was great. And um, and then, but what really turned me on, especially, was watching um, "Don't Look Back." The 
D.A. Pennebaker documentary. And I just, I thought the way he dealt with the interviewers, it just gave me a whole new perspective on him that I had kind of misinterpreted him. And um, I just was really drawn to him. And I had seen this song like show up on iTunes before, but I, um, I really hated the, the title of it. I thought she belongs to me was very, um, like, Oh, she really does belong to you. Does she Bob Dylan? It just did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> it uh, really turned me off. And, but then after we watched, don't look back, I wanted to hear the song that had the don't look back part to it and realized it was, she belongs to me. And then when I really listened to it and, kind of gave it a second chance. I just was totally in love with it. That's interesting. I mean, uh, like I, I would wonder like when you, you know, when you're, when your boyfriend, future husband said that, I mean, you're kind of like, uh, okay. Like, you know, like how much of a deal breaker is this? <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I knew I was going to have to just, I just immediately thought of all the horrible things I had said about Bob Dylan and hoped I hadn't said anything around him. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's just that maybe I need to, cause I, you know, we, my, you know, we clicked on so many things that it's like, maybe there is something to him if he loves him so much. <laughs> that's well, that's very open-minded of you. I'm that's, that's <laughs> happy to hear. Cause I mean, that's not always the way it works. You know, some people would just be like, I don't like it. You just keep it over there. But that yeah. was great that you've been, you know, that you finally got into, do you have a particular kind of favorite era of his at this point and that now that you've sort of been converted oh <laughs> uh, yeah well i do i love um bringing it all back home and highway 61 revisited you know the mid 60s stuff um but you know i've definitely since i'm going into it not as like a bob dylan scholar it's kind of like when i hear something that i like i start listening to it and so I'm really kind of, I've been dabbling into 70s and 80s stuff a lot because of this podcast, just kind of, you know, hearing about songs that I never would have listened to otherwise. Oh, there is so much, you know, yes. there is just so much to dig into. Have you become a fan? Have you and or the husband seen him live? Uh, my husband has. I have not. Um, but I do. I would like to now that I appreciate him more. I don't think it I think it would have been lost on me <laughs> if I had seen him earlier. Oh, yeah. No, I can. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I would imagine that. Do uh, you just be like, what is, what is this? Like, you yeah. know, what is this? Why is this old? Why is this old man wheezing into a microphone and he's not smiling? Yeah. He's not saying anything. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> not exactly the most open concerts for the uninitiated. But that's that's, it. that's wonderful. That's great that you can. I mean, in some ways, it's you can come at when you can come out from something that you initially didn't like at all and then come to like it. I, I don't know that. I think that gives people a new, gives you, gives people a new perspective on it because it's your, you've changed so completely, you know, you're like, wow, right. I didn't use, I'm hearing this way different than it was when I was younger. That's, uh, that's yeah. really interesting. Really yeah, cool. I find myself liking his voice now, which I am shocked by. <laughs> yeah. As I, as I get older, there's a lot of art, whether it be music or, or films or stuff, mostly films, but it's, it's something that I saw when I was younger and I was like, I don't like that. Or <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get that. And then I see it 10 years later and I go, Oh, now right. I get it. And it's, <laughs> I think that's kind of what that is. I think a lot of maybe people with Dylan and stuff, I'm that way with Orson Welles movies. I love Orson Welles and I see some of his movies and I go, I, okay, well, all right. And then I'll see it later and I go, 
oh, I'm older now. I understand. So that's yeah. and Bob's always there for you. I mean, you know, he's been around for so long. Uh, he has so much stuff. So that's well, that's amazing. That's great. Um, like I said, I've been really enjoying your your articles uh, that you've been writing on the songs and stuff. So Thank you. Uh, very cool. Looking forward to the She Belongs to Me one. So yeah. So let's talk about this song. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the the title. Yeah, uh, She Belongs <laughs> to Me. I mean, of course, when you first hear that, you kind of go, huh? Yeah. What? She belongs. What? You know. And now. I think that's from an era where that phrase doesn't isn't so loaded as it is now. <laughs> if you if you say someone belongs to you, I think most people go, "What?" Yeah. Um, I mean, there is the there's the classic song, uh, the Joe Stafford song, "You Belong to Me," which Dylan himself covered actually for the mm-hmm. Natural Born Killers soundtrack. And so I think back when that you know in the fifties and sixties when you would say that it didn't it didn't have such a sinister cast to it right um but of course when you read the lyrics you realize well the title is meant to be completely ironic because yeah. the lyrics describe someone who is so amazing and <laughs> so incredible that it's the singer who is completely owned in a good way right by the subject and so you know the title is almost this sort of false bravado kind of you know she belongs to you and then you get to it and you're like oh no 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 this guy is completely caught under the spell of this amazing person that he's singing about yeah and i definitely i now i think of it as not so much the title is not possessive but just he that he's proud that yes this is you know not so much that she is mine but that you know she's my girl type of feeling yeah. that she's connected to me on some level, I mean, you are, if you think someone is the most amazing person ever to walk the face of the earth and they, they have chosen you to be with, that's an ego boost for yourself. You know, right. well, hey, you know, look, look at this amazing person and she, she picked me. Isn't this awesome? You know, I mean, yeah. you can't, I mean, this, for a guy who is so withering at his criticisms, and of course you just talked about Forever, uh, Positively Fourth Street, which is probably the most withering song ever recorded. <laughs> I mean, this thing is so sweet uh, i mean after the the line about the law can touch her at all he goes on he says she wears an egyptian ring that sparkles before she speaks she wears an egyptian ring she sparkles before she speaks she's a hypnotist collector you are a walking antique and then bow down to her on sunday salute her when her birthday comes bow down to her on sunday salute her when her birthday comes for halloween give her a trumpet and for christmas get her a drum and it's just i i I, I've been doing some reading about this song uh, when we knew we were going to do this, and I've seen some some readings of it. I've I've mentioned the website um, bobdylan.org slash UK, where it, it mm-hmm. has a, interpretations of all the songs, and they talk about that this is Dylan's version of the Greek myth uh, Orpheus, uh, where he goes into hell to retrieve uh, Eurydice, and. Yes. Intellectually, I go, okay, yeah, I can see how that fits. Uh, but that's never my read on it. It's always, and that may have been Dylan's inspiration. But to mm-hmm. me, it really is just about you. This woman is so complete that it's, it's just a song of beautiful devotion. And I love the way Dylan sings it, especially when you realize it comes right after Subterranean Homesick Blues, <laughs> yeah. which is just such a kick in the face yes. uh, and so aggressive and so angry. And then all of a sudden the album just quiets way down and you have this really beautiful tune punctured puncture, excuse me, punctuated (laughs) by some wonderful harmonica playing. I love Dylan's harmonica on this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that I've 
been frustrated with, I guess, with people talking about this song is it seems like everybody wants to know who this song is about. And, you know, is it about Joan Baez? Is it about (laughs) Nico? Is it about Sarah? And I think it's just, it's about all of those women and none of those women that it's not about a specific woman. And that that's just, I think that's kind of missing the mark that it's, about this type of woman that is perfect to him. And it's not going to be any of those singular women, just a collection of them. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it doesn't really matter who it's about. I mean, it's, I mean, the inspiration for any creative act is so random that it doesn't, what does it matter? You know, I mean, I don't, I'm not looking, I I don't look at Bob Dylan's work as a 60 year or hopefully uh, in his case, a hundred year biography of him (laughs) in song. It's more about what he's feeling at the moment and how he's trying to convey that. And, Mm -hmm. and, I've had feelings like this where you and 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 the the funny thing is about the song it doesn't even necessarily have to be romantic. Right. It really can be just you are so in love with this person and however form that love takes. It could be your cat. Uh for Pete's <laughs> sakes, you know? I mean, I'm sitting here with my cat on my lap. I love this I love my cat so unconditionally in every way. She's just this perfect little creature and she doesn't wear an Egyptian ring or anything, but nevertheless, I I think it sparkles when she speaks, you know, I mean, it's like, it's, and there's something about that. He was able to get to that so simply. And I just love the way the song just kind of chugs along. And then also the way the singer sort of is castigating other people who might deem themselves good enough for this person. Yeah. Because he's like, you will start outstanding proud to steal or anything she sees, but you'll wind up peeking through a keyhole down upon your knees. Like he's telling people, you're trust me you can't handle this person you may think you can but you cannot well and i definitely think that um you know i think that little that stanza or that section of the song is i i love that part just because i you know i think the whole song is kind of i like thinking of it as you know as a man in this relationship you expect to be the big man that you're going to take care of her that when you meet her, you are proud to steal her anything she sees, anything <laughs> she wants, you'll get it for her. But <laughs> once you get into the relationship, it's like you are down on your knees, peeking through her keyhole, which, I mean, is just so sexual. I love it so much. <laughs> it's just like, get down on your knees. And, I mean, it's just a total, it's not what you expect, but he loves it. And that, you know, he ends up worshipping her by the end. I, it took me many, many years of, of listening to the song, and maybe I didn't even notice it until finally they published the official lyrics. I don't think I ever knew that it was peeking through her keyhole. I always yeah. thought it was a keyhole. <laughs> it was really, yeah. And when you see her keyhole, like, wow, that's pretty pretty saucy for 1965. And you think, well, yeah. Bob was able to sneak that stuff in. I mean, all the lines in Ballad of a Thin Man about being on your knees and here's your throat back. You know, you're like, wow, he was really kind of <laughs> slipping this stuff by people back then. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's just, and it's very, you know, you know, getting down on your knees, peeking through her keyhole. I mean, it's, you know, if there's going to be any subservience, it's you to her, not the other way around. And I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> right. And of course, he's a, such a master at, at these images. I mean, he talks about in the in the penultimate verse, she wears an Egyptian ring 
it sparkles before she speaks. I mean, I don't. I just love the visual of that of, of mm-hmm. this sort of exotic woman wearing this interesting decoration that 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 seems to be connected to her spirit a little because it sparkles when she speaks. Yeah. And I've noticed on the live versions of this song. Uh, especially the ones he did uh, with the tour with the band, he sticks in the word red ring. He says she yes. was an Egyptian red ring. And I can't not hear that now. When I when I sing along to the song in the privacy of my car, because there's nobody else around, because I'm not singing mm-hmm. out loud, I always stick that word in, even though it throws the, the rhythm off a little, because he's got to rush yeah. the line to get that extra syllable in. Yeah, I do. I like red being in there more. I think it's, it's just once you hear it once, it's hard not yep. to insert it yourself <laughs> i love the fact that he just is continually tweaking yeah you know? i mean i mean i these lyrics are pretty damn good but then he was still like i'm gonna stick in red ring and this is during the, the final verse when he's bowed down to her on sunday as if a god of course You're right and you salute her when her birthday comes and you, you for halloween you give her a trumpet and for christmas you get her a drum so it's every holiday that comes <laughs> by you're you're somehow you know giving something to her as, as a way to honor her. I mean, the thing is so complete in its, you know, adoration of this woman. And again, it's, it's Dylan's not, I mean, the man's written some of the greatest love songs ever, but I think probably to a lot of people, and you talked about this in the beginning of the show, like when, if you're, if you're only vaguely familiar with him, you know, him as kind of probably like an angry guy, you know, he's angry. (laughs) He's always mad about something in the world, but here he is so, completely besotted i just i don't know i just find the whole thing very very charming well yeah he makes himself very vulnerable he's really giving himself up to this figure and he doesn't care who knows about it he's proud of it and um you know something that i really like too that you know he has the line um that she's nobody's child and i really like that and that you know there's always this idea of being a daddy's girl and um that that's just that some women are like that and this woman woman is not like that she is nobody's child and uh, you know from other bob dylan songs i feel like he's had issues before with kind of childlike women you know mm-hmm. he had in just like a woman you know she breaks like a little girl and um and um let's in a don't think twice, it's all right. When he says, uh, I once loved a woman, a child, I'm told. It's, right. And that he's kind of, he's had dealings with women that are childlike. And this woman is not. She is not a child. She's nobody's child. And I just, I feel like he really responds to that, that this isn't somebody that he has to take care of. Right. I mean, I said, I think that's what uh, this feels like of a piece with uh, from a Buick six, which, of course, we covered on the show where that's a more kind of rough hewn version. But it's that same thing of of talking about this really complete person, Uh, you know, whether I'm going to go down, die and she's bound to put a blanket on my bed like she's a junkyard angel. Uh, I mean, he's that's that's a full grown person who doesn't need anybody else. And that's I'm sure I'm sure that if you're 1965 Bob Dylan and the world is at your feet and you have just people kissing your ass 24 (laughs) seven, just so dying to be in your coolness orbit. Um, And there were probably so many women who threw themselves and men, of course, threw themselselves (laughs) at him to to be cool enough. And, you know, you probably get pretty skeptical of that. And I get the sense that at least when he met. Sarah, and again, we'll never know whether this song is really about her or not, but when he met Sarah, like she was pretty self-possessed 
Uh, right. She was. She already had a child by that point, and so that was probably something that appealed to him. Was this person who was like, "Look, I, I you know, I love you, but I don't need to. I'm not bowing down to the Bob Dylan altar because that's not going to work as a relationship." And that's probably would really get him excited. You know, be like, "Well, wow, this yeah. per- this person wants to be with me, but doesn't need to be with me." And of course, that's that's really kind of how a relationships going to have to work. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's very refreshing. I mean, he's. Especially when, you know, watching some of the documentaries about him during that time, he really is just surrounded by people and everybody just wants to hear him speak and just what is his opinion on everything. And I'm sure he liked being with somebody who he wants to hear her opinion and maybe Mm -hmm. they just want to have some quiet and, um, you know, just a more back and forth type of relationship than he's just the big famous guy and she's right. the fan <laughs> <laughs> right uh this song has been performed 491 times uh over the course of the 50 odd years it's been around so it's a song that he's never uh fully dropped from the repertoire the last time it was performed was in 2016 uh that's although that's not a ton 500 times over 50 years is not a lot but he he, he has done it uh, occasionally, there is a live version from just a couple of years ago on YouTube that is really very beautiful. I like the version a lot, and I always—it's sort of funny. I mean, I, I've seen Bob live twenty-three times now, and you there's always that kind of fun extra game of when you see him live and he starts singing, and it, you have to see how long it takes the audience to figure out what he's singing. <laughs> so it's <laughs> yeah. like this—you know—if it's a song like "Like a Rolling Stone," which everybody knows from the beginning. The, the 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 clapping begins before he even sings. But for something like this, and you can hear it on the the clip where he's you know he's playing, and then then he starts singing. You know, she's got everything she needs, and then you hear the people like, oh, okay. <laughs> There's like, okay, I understand what he's what he's doing. And there, um, he did this at the Isle of Wight, uh, a version of it which is uh, yeah. very very poppy. I'm not a big fan of those Isle of Wight performances. This is <laughs> this is a song that um, I'm I'm sort of happy to say. Uh, I find that all the alternate versions that were recorded, because he did this acoustically, uh, mm-hmm. you can hear one in the Bootleg series, and there were live versions. I actually think the version on "Bringing It All Back Home" is the version. Like to me, he he found the best version and used that on the record. There's there's no alternate that I need to be sad about that that he you know substituted in at the last minute. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just it's because it is a shorter song and it's it's simple and there's a lot of repetition. You know, I just feel like. And in bringing it all back home does have some pretty in your face moments. Oh and this man, is just, Maggie's farm and yeah, sure. Yeah. And this is just very sweet. And you know, I feel like he doesn't need to spend a lot of time on it. And so it just it's simple and uncomplicated. And I really like that. Yeah, I feel like he he knew that he got it. He got this was the version that that he that he liked. Uh, there is a I mean, it's been covered a million billion times, but there's a particularly good one on the um Chimes of Freedom record that came out a couple of years ago which was a benefit I believe for Amnesty International. And there's a, a cover by The Pajama Club and Neil Finn, uh which is really very nice. So I like that version a lot. But yeah, no, I'm I'm always I love alternate versions. I love hearing other things, but at the same time as a Dylan fan, I always get a little sad when I find, oh, there's a much better version that was buried because right. it's like, oh, you should have put that one on the record because that's the one everybody's going to hear. And so for <laughs> yeah. this ver- for this version, as I was scrolling through all the alternates, I'm going, eh, that's okay. That's all right. But nah, it's really the album version that, that's the really good one. And I'm glad that he went with that one. And again, it's, it's such a nice change up from 
subterranean. It's just such a nice switch of like, okay, now we're going to kind of slow things down a little. And I've noticed that that tends to be something that Bob returns to. A lot of his records, the second song, uh, like I think I'm thinking about Modern Times, where the second song is Spirit on the Water, which is this kind Mm -hmm. of very gentle love song. And then on Tempest, Soon After Midnight, is another song where it's this very heartfelt devotion. So he kind of likes the first song to be the thing that kicks in the door, you know, and <laughs> kind of like smashes up the place, and then the second song is okay. Let's slow it down now. Let's just let me do this nice part. song. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, I just I think this song just shows how you know he can be. You know, I love Visions of Johanna, and there's tons of imagery in that one, and that's a song that you know, you it feels like it can keep going forever and ever yes. and ever. And this, and so we know he's capable of that so beautifully. And for a song like this, that's, you know, pretty short, especially by his standards that, right. Right. You know, that sometimes he just has a simple message and that's what he wants to get out. And, um, and I have, I've read some things that this is like an anti-love song or, you know, that in some performances he's performed it more angrily. And, um, but I, I just I think that interpretation kind of almost says more about the person interpreting. <laughs> song, honestly, um, you know, if if you've just gotten out of if you've just been dumped by a woman, I doubt you would listen to this song and just fall over yourself over it. But um, you know, it just reading it or listening to it now, it just really feels like a love song between two people who just really love each other and respect each other. Yeah, I mean when you're when you're famous for your multiple meanings of your work and then you do something straight ahead, I think everybody wants to lard it up with yeah. multiple meanings because they can't believe that you're saying something so simple. And in this case it's like, no, 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 it's just this. And that's fine. Yeah. Something something that has multiple meanings isn't inherently better than something that has one meaning. Uh, right. It's just different. And so, yeah, no, I I, can't, I mean, right. I would imagine if you have just broken up with somebody, you don't want to hear this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is bullshit. But for the most yeah. part, it, yeah, I think this is a very straightforward love song. And that's, yeah, that's what I like about it. I think it's a really beautiful song. So, um, well, Elizabeth, uh, unless there's something else you want to say about She Belongs to Me, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on. This was really great to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I said, I've been enjoying your blog posts, and we're going to have uh, a link to your blog on the show notes. But why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? It, well, my blog is elizabethcdixon.wordpress.com, and my Twitter is Elizabeth underscore Dixon. And um, I also have a Twitter with my husband where we review movies, and that is C underscore E watch movies at Twitter. Very cool. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, I said I love talking to other Bob fans. It's just so much fun. That's why I do the show. So it's just so much fun. So much fun. So thank you. Yes, thank you for having the show. It's great. Well, thank you. So, of course, everybody, if you want to listen to back episodes, go to the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. We're always talking uh, Dylan on Twitter, which is at pod underscore Dylan. And you can subscribe to the show on Twitter and on uh, and on uh, subscribe to the show on Twitter. What am I saying? You can subscribe to the show to Dawn by iTunes and Stitcher. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And until the next episode, uh, we will see you later. Bye. She's got everything she needs She's an artist, she don't look back She's got everything she needs She's an artist, she don't look back 
She can take the dark out of the nighttime and paint the daytime black. You will start out standing, proud to steal her anything she sees. You will start out standing, proud to steal her anything she sees. But you will wind up peeking through her keyhole down upon your knees. She never stumbles, she's got no place to fall. She never stumbles, she's got no place to fall. She's nobody's child, the law can't touch her at all. 